0: Welcome to It's All About The Story, grief stories that connect us. This podcast takes you into the lives of people who have gone through loss and have come out the other side to experience joy again. Each story is someone's lived experience and reveals how wrestling with grief can turn loss into wisdom. You might even find some of these insights helpful in your own grief journey. Come, meet the people like yourself, who have experienced loss, and who now openly share their story with us. And now, here is your host, Rick Berg.
1: Well, welcome, everybody, once again to It's All About the Story, grief stories that connect us. It is good to be together once again. Just want to remind you once again, if you haven't listened to the last couple of podcasts, to to maybe get back in there and, uh, and listen to them. Very, very, very powerful podcasts. The last week, uh, interviewed a gentleman who uh, had a severe concussion, actually four severe concussions in his life. And he shared his real story about some of the grief and loss uh, he was experiencing as he went through that with him and his family, and just a very powerful story and some great wisdom there. The uh, the Saturday before, I interviewed uh, Lena Schmidt, a mom uh, who um, whose whose baby died um, at full term, Um, right to the last minute. She was expecting to have a healthy baby, and some of the grief and loss uh, that goes along with that. And it was again a very powerful um podcasts filled with lots of wisdom and some tears along the way but good information for us and for those people who experience that kind of loss in their life and i'm excited about today um, because i've always been curious as a thanatologist a person who's interested especially in grief uh, you know where do people learn about grief and loss you know, what, what in their family origin or or who's taught them about grief and loss in a healthy way? Because we know that um, it comes from somewhere. Uh, we learn about grief. And that's why I thought it'd be great to invite uh, Deborah Sheets, uh, Dr. Deborah Sheets, to come in. Because I'm interested in her angle on this because she deals a lot with intergenerational initiatives, that is young people. Uh, including young people into the lives of seniors. And I thought, you know, that's powerful uh, because seniors are going through loss. Obviously, they've been through loss in their lives. And to bring in these young people to learn from them might be a wonderful way to uh, learn about uh, transitional loss. So, um, Dr. Deborah, welcome to the podcast.
2: Excited to be talking with you a little bit about intergenerational programs and the impact they can have on everyone involved.
1: Well, it's really good to have you here. And uh, I'm just going to get right into the questions because I know we only have so much time here. Um, I'm really curious about your passion for intergenerational initiatives in health. Why do you feel that this is so important?
2: Yeah, well, intergenerational programs can really improve the well being of older adults. They help reduce the stigma associated with aging and discrimination that can occur against older adults and particularly those with dementia. We know that um, people with dementia are often um, they become they can become quite socially isolated as friends drop away. Um, so it's it's just really a way for both generations really to benefit. Um, young people can learn how to communicate across generations. Um, They learn a lot about empathy and supporting older adults. Mm -hmm. And they've often gone through some losses themselves. I think it's surprising how many young people have had um, deaths in the family that haven't perhaps been talked about or just experienced losses in the process of growing up as we all do. Mm
1: -hmm. Now, I know that you have an interest in using the arts in programs to help those with dementia. Um, It's been a key component of your research at the University of Victoria. So tell us a little bit about why the arts.
2: Yeah, I've been really inspired by um Dr. Gene Cohen. He was a psychologist who was who really believed in the impact of, of arts programs on physical health and mental health and, and and sort of the social connections that that people have, especially older adults. And he was able to show actually that um, that participating in arts programs with older adults. Could improve overall health, it could reduce doctor visits, it reduced medication use, it reduced risk for falls, loneliness, it improved morale. Um, and it just, it's, it's one of those things that we often don't think about, but the arts have really important health promotion implications, clearly, and um, can help reduce um, the need for people to even go into long-term care. So I think the arts are really, really powerful and have a big impact on health as well.
1: You know, I was. I'm interested in the arts in in, in, uh, in talking a little bit about the intergenerational participation because I'm thinking, and not sure, but does a, a program or a research project that involves arts is that a more encouraging way to get participation from a younger generation?
2: I think it is because people can engage in joyful activities together. It gives them a focus. It's creative. Um, particularly because I work with older adults with dementia, um, the arts are about imagination and they're about creativity. And so it's a way to bring the generations together, to have a lot of fun and to create something, something hopefully magical and memorable. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it really is beautiful, you know, to think how arts can bring people together. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I know that you, um, you know, you've been involved with some, um, research products before, and you're trying to get young people involved. Now, I guess I'm curious a little bit to the younger generation in regards to this whole area of dementia. Um, are they a little bit frightened about entering into programs with people with dementia or any kind of progressive disease? How have you found that in your experience?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think because there is a lot of stigma with dementia that, that younger people can have some fears and and they need some support. And I think once they learn how to have conversations, um, once they learn a little bit about the person, because the older adult still has memories and and wants to interact and and um, and learn, um, those kinds of things can really really help the younger person to, to have conversations when they find things that bring them in common. Now, what's interesting is when I first, my first experience with an intergenerational program was actually um, an adult daycare program and also um, a childcare center. And they brought together younger kids with quite younger kids, like two-year-olds Ooh. with older adults that were in daycare. Now I find myself working later, later, during my academic career, um, I ended up working more with university students and seniors. And then I backed up and it was more grade school kids and seniors. And now I'm I'm back to working with um, more high school students and seniors. And it's interesting to see that across all those different groups, whether it's young children or elementary school, um, grade school kids or high school students or university students, there's still lots and lots of benefits. I think um, older adults don't have enough Enough opportunities to interact with younger people. Mm -hmm. And although younger people may have some fears about dementia or about chronic illness and stuff, older adults also sometimes aren't as familiar with younger people who bring and their interests and how the world's changing. And Mm -hmm. so bringing those two together to really have some conversations around some common interests like music or art um, can really help bridge bridge um, across the generations in important ways. Um, working with with the Voices in Motion Choir, um, one of the things we found, I, I still remember one of the concerts at the end of a choir season when a family member came up to me and said, you know, my, my daughter can talk with her grandmother now. She knows how to interact with her. Mm-hmm. And it was because she had been singing in the choir and interacting with people um, who actually had dementia. I don't think her grandmother did. Um, But she learned how to have a conversation, whereas sometimes they just talk with their friends, their same age groups. And um, so the arts really cut across generations and um, allow us to bridge more easily. And um, they take the attention away from illness, away from they focus people more on the strengths that they still still bring to relationships and to um, living their lives, living their lives well.
1: So this younger generation, um, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting because sometimes, you know, you know, as you get older, there's always this kind of feeling that, well, what are these young people all about? Or, you know, it's so different than us, so to speak. You know, you hear that from seniors. But it's fascinating that when you bring these two groups together, I remember somebody saying once to me is that we feel like we have more things in common than, than what we than what we thought we would. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting because you're right is kind of bringing together these uh, generations just for a conversation about life in general because you know some of these seniors have they were teenagers yes in a different era <laughs> perhaps but you know still went through life. So I, I th- what what do you think um you know, what? What what is the younger generation? What can the younger generation learn from those perhaps uh, seniors or people with progressive disease? And what can those seniors learn from young people?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think the seniors bring a lot of resilience. They've been through a lifetime of ups and downs, sometimes wars, setbacks. Um, they understand grief and loss as well as joy and um they can help younger people to to see beyond the present that mm. this too you can get through it you can build some skills and we do know that it is actually important to you know when you're going through a hard time to think about how did i get through this before and and an older adult can kind of mentor a younger person through that even mm. by talking about you know by talking about experiences in their life where they've suffered losses or had relationships that that didn't didn't always go the way they wanted or face some challenges. And the younger person brings this just this joyfulness, this um, vitality, I think, energy um, kind of innocence in a way that's that's, that's so lovely. Um, it brings a lot of energy to, to the interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they both they both bring a lot to the table and by learning about each other, I think that's so important, given that we're going to have so many older adults in the future. The numbers of older adults is nearly going to double over the next 10 years. And uh, we now have more than a quarter of our population. We have more older adults than younger people. And it's the younger people that are going to to be um, providing some support. And and it's really helpful to them to, to know how to interact with older adults and learn to see them as people not just as this homogeneous kind of group of elderly Mm -hmm. because they are quite diverse. We found that as people get older, they're actually more diverse than 20 year olds because you have this lifetime of different experiences. And at 20 years old, nearly anyone can, you know, um, run a mile, Mm -hmm. but at 60 year olds, you know, 60, 70, 80, you know, you see quite a difference physically, mentally, um, so you've got this diversity in experiences and in abilities, and uh, younger people need to see that. Not everyone who's old has lots of illness, and not everyone who's who's um and how would I put it? Um, not everyone who's old has dementia and has lots of chronic illnesses. So younger people need to see the diversity there and recognize people as individuals, and even in the midst of some chronic illness or dementia there's just an awful lot that you can still bring bring to what you enjoy and what you want to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: you know this this program is about um, you kind of focus on grief and loss and i know from my experience in the bereavement world you know we learn about grief from our family of origin or through our experiences with other people educationally Um, i'm wondering if intergenerational programs like the ones that you are offering can help educate our young people about grief and loss? You know, what can they learn, I guess, by hanging out with people who are on a journey of loss every day? I mean, we know that, you know, people with dementia are going through numerous losses in their life as the disease progresses. I mean, and some of these young people must be noticing that, experiencing that. Uh, this is loss. What are your thoughts about, about that in terms of the education of, of grief and loss as they engage these uh, individuals?
2: Yeah, yeah, gosh, grief and loss, you know, especially um, my area really, because I work with people with dementia, there's a lot of losses that happen with the course of that illness. And also people who have chronic conditions like heart disease, there's losses in terms of physically what they can do. So I guess they they can mentor younger people in the adaptations that happen to continue doing the things that really matter to you. Um I think aging will is really about being able to adapt to changes as you go forward, being able to maybe you do and um, that are meaningful to you, and that allow you to maintain a sense of identity and to contribute in whatever way you want um, to your to your community to your families to your neighbors. Um, we all like to feel like we have we all need to have a role and and a community within which we can um, contribute to others. And so older adults really help younger people see the ways in which you can adapt and overcome losses and grief and move forward Mm -hmm. from that. Um, You've probably dealt Rick with, I'm going to turn it on you. You've probably dealt a lot with um, younger people as well as seniors who've experienced grief and loss. And I'm curious what you, what, what your experience has been when you're dealing with a younger person who's grieving. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, it yeah. I mean, a, a great question. And, and, you know, it's, that's why I was so interested in bringing you on the one hand, because uh, in my grief counseling practice, you know, I often, I'm surprised of the you know, historical antecedents of someone's life and you know, where does that grief uh, come from? Where has it been learned? Has it been healthy? Has it been, you know, uh, uh, mentored has has some as a as a young person experienced in a healthy way. And mm-hmm. um, my experience is, is kind of scary because I haven't seen a often I don't see a healthy kind of transition uh in some people's lives after they've had a death or something, especially a death in my life in, in their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the my work is kind of re-educating people about grief and loss. Um, And and I love it. Those who have had good experiences usually come from families of origin and often include grandparents, you know, um, who are open to talk, uh, who've gone through loss, who have come out the other side. And like you say, have adapted, um, who found joy again in their life, who look at life realistic, um, knowing that, yeah, uh, loss is part of our human journey. It's part of what we're going to experience forever in different ways, but we don't have to be scared of it. Um, we just have to have some tools. And that's what I love about what you're doing with the intergenerational programs is that you're placing people, young people, into these um, you know, programs or situations where they're learning uh, firsthand, from people who are going through loss and they're probably doing it pretty well in in some ways and maybe not so in others, but they're experiencing this firsthand. It's it's like you get a firsthand experience of people. Yeah, you can read it in a book, (laughs) you know, for sure. But boy, the greatest teachers, for me anyways, what I've learned about grief is from the lived experience of others that I just, you know, it's osmosis. It's grief by osmosis. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, for these young people. So, um, yeah, so that was just, yeah. that's, kind of, that's kind of my take on on that uh, for sure. Yeah, now, yeah. I really
2: appreciate hearing that because I, I can see how, how older people too can help um, children and younger people understand how, how to deal with death and what to expect. Um, and maybe sometimes that doesn't always happen in families. So having just that diversity and, the ages of people that you know you have someone else you can talk to that you know families may not be prepared to deal with a death that's happened cuz they're all grieving and so having someone outside the family or even just in the process of being part of an intergenerational program and watching some of the transitions that people go through and it may not be death but it's the grieving that happens when someone has to go into long-term care because
1: yeah absolutely and i think you know this time of COVID,
2: seeing how people deal with that,
1: yeah, and I think we're experiencing a lot of that uh, as COVID continues in you know taking part of our lives away. That there's a lot of individuals who are grieving a lot of different losses, and uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting to talk to some some of the young people that I know. You know, they're experienced loss differently, of course, as you mentioned, um, but they're still experiencing loss, and I think they're looking for for mentors and and programs Mm -hmm. like Voices in Motion are programs that, in fact, that you're uh, putting into place. Now, I want to talk about that because you've got something new happening here, um, a new project that's initiated in which people with memory loss,
0: um,
1: their care partners and students can participate together. It's coming up very soon. Can you tell us about that new project?
2: Yeah, I'm starting a, a Memory Cafe Victoria It's going to be a really safe and comfortable online space where caregivers and their loved ones who have memory loss, dementia, can enjoy the company of others. And the others are going to be University of Victoria students who are just really interested in in interacting with some older adults. There's going to be lots of conversations, hopefully some laughter and creativity, because we're going to have each week for one hour. Um, And arts, I would call it... A high quality arts program, in a sense, each of each week for about an hour, we'll have someone leading us in storytelling, in painting, in poetry, in rhythmic movement. Um, we've got some some drummers coming to lead us in, in some music activities, um, and I'm I'm excited about it because I think it's going to be a bit of a a whirlwind tour to see what kinds of activities people enjoy. But the fact that it was so easy to get some university students interested in participating, um, they're quite, quite keen. And I think one of the things I wanted to mention is that when you bring generations together as well, it's a connection for the older adults sometimes to the broader world. You know, mm-hmm. they get a glimpse through the students of, you know, they can remember what it was like to be in school or in a university and studying this or studying that. And, you know, it just kind of expands their horizons as well. So in the course of of bringing these people together each week, I'm hopeful we'll have lots of fun conversations, learn a lot about different, through different projects that we'll be working on, and um, maybe some friendships will develop as well.
1: So is this, is this uh, open to... To anybody with memory loss, or is is there some guidelines there for people as they think about perhaps participating?
2: Yeah, so the Memory Cafe Victoria, if anyone is interested in it, they can contact me at dsheets at U10 with their family member. And the commitment is for 12 weeks to attend every Saturday from 11 to 12, starting on February 27th. So we're coming up on our deadline pretty soon. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, they need to go through, uh, they need to contact me as soon as possible, because I do a bit of a screening to make sure, you know, it's a good fit for where they're at. And um, they need to be willing to participate in a pre-survey and a post-program survey, because it is a research project. So it's being offered for free. We're currently working hard to develop some art packages to support the people that are in it because they'll need a few supplies to participate and the students will be dropping those off. And um, yeah, it's a little harder during COVID, I have to say, like creating a community. We were really lucky with the Voices in Motion Choir that people got to meet in person. And um, it's certainly harder, like starting off where Mm -hmm. people don't necessarily know each other and you're trying to create the right kind of environment. but I think it's kind of astonishing, really, that here we are in the aging capital of Canada, and we didn't even have a memory cafe. Um, they're ubiquitous around the world. Um, they're typically more a social cafe than an art space cafe, although they differ quite a bit in the approaches. But they've most often been about people just literally meeting in a cafe um, and having time to have a conversation. And again, there's no wrong people understand that you have dementia or your family member's a caregiver and you know it's always been just a safe space so it's interesting thinking about how you do that online (laughs) and how we're going to cultivate the social interactions
1: yeah yeah it's going to be a a fascinating opportunity and uh, for those of you who are listening on to this podcast i'm going to put deborah's email um, down below in the podcast here so you can contact her uh, directly about this program. And um, yeah, just to really encourage all of you out there to, to get involved and give uh, Deborah a call. Deborah, I want to thank you for, um, for your work in bringing, um, you know, uh, g- generations together, the intergenerational component, of what uh, work you do. I think it's fabulous. I just love what you're doing in so many different areas here. And um, thank you for having the vision there to bring young people into the lives of the elderly. And, uh, and, and each one is, is, is uh, each of those groups, I think, is, is, are, are benefiting from each other. Would that be fair to say?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you, Rick. I really appreciate the work you're doing to bring generations together and to support people going through grief and loss and, um, and coping with chronic illnesses as well. Thank
1: you. Well, thank you for joining us today again on um, It's All About the Story. Uh, Wonderful to have Dr. Deborah Sheets with us. Uh, Please, uh, on Saturday morning, this will go live. And please share this with as many people as you can as we share this wonderful initiative. So for those of you who are listening on, take good care. And we'll see you next week on It's All About the Story, three stories that connect us. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for joining us today on It's All About the Story, Grief Stories That Connect Us. We hope this podcast was encouraging to you. There are so many different types of loss. Why not take time to listen to some of the other unique stories in this podcast series? Feel free to share them with family, friends, neighbours. If you'd like to receive notifications about the next episode in the series, please subscribe. And we'll make sure you don't miss out. We hope that you'll be joining us again on It's All About the Story, grief stories that connect us with host Rick Berg. Take good care.